I have your attention, please. The show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Whether you're new to sales or a lifetime veteran, the Black Belt Sales Podcast will sharpen your sword and guide you to master the art of sales. And now, here's your host, the ninja himself, Gene Slade. Man, I like that track. I was bouncing over here before she put us back on. I think I want to. <laughs> Boom. I love it. Yeah. So welcome to 2024. I know that'll date this podcast, but this is the first podcast of 2024. I got my main man, Don Johnson, an executive coach of Lead Ninja, former uh, business contractor, all-star, now trainer um, here with me today. And Don, we're talking about starting the year off strong. We're going to be talking about what some of our students are doing, what some of the other people that we know around the industry are doing, kind of just set a bar because... I think a lot of time I heard somebody say this morning that their goal was $450,000 in revenue for the company for the year. And man, I'm here to tell you if that's really if that's what you're out to do, you you're going to always be the low guy on the totem pole. You're always going to be the guy that has to run the calls that the superstars don't want to run and and really you're not being much of a profit center for the company. Am, am I wrong here, Don? Uh, yeah, if you really look at, hey, Quentin on there, uh, if you really look at all of this uh, um, numbers that a, a business wants to uh, wants to do, 450000 you're going to have to have a lot of employees just to hit any realistic goals. So, um, but $450,000 in the, and, and you've been in the, been with the company for uh, 15 to 20 minutes, I could probably be okay with that. Uh, mentality because we haven't shown you what's possible yet and so it's time to it's time to do that so i hope quentin's on here i saw him pop up but we got we should have a good crowd uh this is a good topic today um so i'm wondering from the audience if you guys would throw down in the comments for me um what do you think is a good or a great number for sales revenue these days if you're a selling technician or a comfort advisor. If you want to break those numbers out, if you think they're different, you can, because that was one of the questions we had this morning, because one of our students knows of a comfort advisor doing $8 million a year, and he's like, is that even possible for somebody who's a selling technician? And we've got some answers for you there. Um, but uh, what was your, what, what did you say, Don? I just wanted to make sure that we got that down in the comments. What do you guys think is a lot or what are you striving for as your revenue goal for this year? That would be awesome to see. Yeah. Um, maintenance techs, service tech and a comfort advisor, I think have, have some different scales, but I think comfort advisor should be three to $5 million guys. I think service techs that get some demand calls that, that, uh, certainly are are getting things five, six, seven, eight years old where there's more things that could be talked about. Uh, I think those guys 
you know, should be should be thinking about one and a half to two million. And I think if you're on the stuff that's three years and younger, breathe easy. You've got a chance at at really doing, um, you know, seven hundred fifty to a million a year is is what I would say if you're if you're getting things less than three years old because that's always the complaint is I only get the young stuff. You can still do a seven hundred fifty to a million dollars a year on the stuff we just put in last year, two years ago, right? Man, there's a lot more than that available there. But Don's talking about kind of a minimum expectation, right? Yes, yes. Because seriously, how many of those, if it's HVAC, how many of the duct systems were replaced at the same time? Virtually zero, right? Virtually zero. And how many of them have energy-wasting, comfort-robbing mistakes? A lot, exactly. Most comfort advisors, if if you have them in your company, con- concentrate on the box first. There are those few exceptions to the rule, but they love to change out the box and uh, mm-hmm. and they forget the rest of the stuff and leave that for the leave that for the other guys to get. So we can be we can be nice uh, to them and give them a lead because they're probably going to be nice and give us back an opportunity for just as much in indoor air quality and duck duck systems and duck repairs and duck ceilings you know what the difference between a three million dollar comfort advisor and or or selling technician and like a six million dollar comfort advisor selling technician what would you say the difference is don Probably no more calls, very little more calls. It's obviously selling the whole system in versus just selling the one item that was on your mind. Instead of just yeah. selling the one item that you think they're going to buy, go ahead and present the whole list. And I love Corbin when you remember, when he's just started putting it on the list, the, the amount of generators and extra stuff he's selling just started happening without yeah. really a lot of extra effort. And he didn't, you know, the thing I hear is if you put too much on the list, people buy nothing. That's not the case. If you present no. it, right. that's not the case at all. So um, just by presenting the list and if it were free, that's what, that should be the measure. If it were free, what would everyone want? I'll tell you, I mean, I'd want the inverter system with uh, with the best filtration and breathe easy, you know, f- five stages, six stages, humidifiers, dehumidifiers. If it were free, what would people demand to have once you teach it to them? So yeah. that's what, that's the only standard you have to ask to get it on the list. It's okay if they don't want you to do the work. <laughs> It's just your job to let them know that it's possible for you to do that work. And, you know, Don, even if they're not having an upfront conversation or trying to have a conversation about everything that's on the list, if they, they're quoting $15,000 worth of equipment and then they've got fifteen dollars or $20,000 worth of stuff underneath that that includes duct system, breathe easy, things like that, and they don't even bring this stuff up down here, do you think the customers aren't going to ask about it? They initiate the conversation, and that's all this is, are several different conversations throughout right. the visit. Mm-hmm. Think of it that way. You guys are so afraid to put forty or $50,000 worth of stuff on the list that the customer could buy or, or would want if it was free, 
And then just allowing conversations to happen. You don't have to push it. You don't have to push anything down anybody's throat. Listen, if I don't bring it up, if something's on the list and I don't bring it up, do you think the client's not going to go, yeah, but what about this stuff down here? What is this? And then we have that conversation. It's just the second conversation. Exactly. Exactly. And if you present it the right way, were you aware? Did you know? Could you imagine? Do you suppose? Would you believe adding those to the to the statements you were going to already say about the items just makes it where you're not being pushy? Did you know that your ductwork is leaking? Were you aware that that you could get stuff being pulled in from your crawl space and your attic? You want me to take care of that while we're here, while we're doing your system as well? That may be all that's needed for really adding some ductwork or duck ceiling or what or whatever that you that you're presenting just a couple of simple statements we often want to sell the product when all we really got to do is get them to admit they have the problem and they'll just say take care of it for you right they'll just trust you enough to say what do we do well we just seal it we replace it we we put the breathe easy package on when we do the system and they'll be like okay let's do it the add-ons are the easiest sale. What is it that you talk about that uh, that the first sale is the hardest, and then the uh, people when they place their bets, you know, once they place their bet, they'll go back and add to it a certain percentage of the time. Gene, yeah, we're we're wired so that if um, we make a decision, we immediately begin to justify that decision so that we there's not remorse, right? And we can't be wrong. Because if we're wrong, then there's pain associated with that and potential embarrassment, which is the worst thing that a human being can go through, right? Yes. <laughs> like that's the worst emotion. That's that's what all of you run from more than anything is embarrassment. That's why you won't turn live on and go live like Don and I are doing right now. We've done it so many times now that it's it's not as scary, right? But that's that's really the answer. That's why the people will not raise their hand in class when you're in school and do the answer because you're afraid you're going to be wrong. And we're not afraid we're going to be wrong. We're going to be afraid we're going to be ridiculed for being wrong more yeah. than it is the wrong. And that's why people will not on Zoom calls turn on their cameras. Why people on Zoom on Zoom training classes when you ask them will not step up and talk. They won't get out of the stands. They just want to stay in the back. Um, I set up my training room one time where there was n there was no front row, no back row mentality. It was just one row, one big arch. And I just basically said, everybody wants to sit on the back row, fine. We'll just have one row, and everybody yeah. can sit on the back row. <laughs> the back rows fill up first in the meeting room. Well, that's because we're kind of scared that we're you know going to be embarrassed. Some he might ask me a question, and somebody behind me might giggle at me. If I'm at the back, right. I can't. I can't. Um, no one can can laugh at me that way. I won't know about it. So it's big difference. But all that being said, what's possible? Let's dream big. What you know? What is possible in this business? We're going to talk we about that. To... We're going to talk about that right after something here. So I'm glad that Don brought that up. Um, guys, we are, one of the things that Don and I do really well is take guys that are doing $2 million or $3 million in sales and help them get very quickly, I'm talking about sometimes as little as overnight, to that four, five, six million million in revenue range. So if you, you're an owner out there and you've got somebody like that, 
you really truly want to see exactly how we do that. And coming up January 24th through the 29th of this year, we have got our next live event and that's where the transformation happens. We've got a 16,000 square foot house that we all come together in, we live in. It's limited to a very small number of people. And if you've got somebody that you want to take from two to four or $6 million, you've got to get yourself out there. If you want to um, see exactly how we do it, um, here's a quick video um, for the, the next event. And uh, then we're going to get into what's possible. Go ahead and roll it. I'm Jonah Gorlitz. I'm from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. I've been doing HVAC for about one and a half, two years now, and I'm I work for Instant Air out of Shepherdsville, Kentucky. Hi, I'm Kim King. I work with Leaves Nearby, and I've been working with Leaves Nearby for over eight years, and we work with HVAC, electrical, and plumbing contractors. So my name is Chris Laurentino from Comfort Specialists. We're out of Morris County, New Jersey, and I've been in the industry about 17 years now. mastermind because um, it's not just a sales course actually it's not really a sales course at all so, so the reason I joined the mastermind is I've seen some people's results online that this is different from other events I've been to I've been to various contest events for quite a few years now it's really taught me how to understand and communicate to the customer well it's actually my second uh, mansion trip from the community of how well some people have done and I really wanted to be a part of that this one the best space. It's the most famous space. And it's basically one training that builds upon each other. And that's success. And I felt that the best way to achieve that was to actually get here and, and get involved in the training. And frankly, in, in my mind, there's no better way to train than, than in person. Since I've been in the class since December, my income has improved, my revenue for the company has improved, my customer relations have improved, and my call volume has decreased while the profits and everything else has increased. Being here is a unique experience that you can't replicate in just a Zoom class. There's so much more that you get out of this. And the other events I've been to, it's a lot of information on a lot of topics where this is very concentrated. I feel like it, it allows you to have more focus. Boom! January 24th through the 28th is when you want to get down here to Orlando, Florida. Uh, and you can get more information on that by putting mansion down in the comments. Just put mansion in the comments or text me directly. You can text me on my personal cell, 239 848 
3-3. There it is for you. If you're listening to this or watching this after, um, it's likely that we'll be having another one of these, so you can still text that number, um, and uh, we'll get somebody to help you out if I can't help you out right then. Cool. So, Don, we're talking about um, what is actually possible. So what have you seen for the technicians and comfort advisors out there? What have you seen as what is possible? Well, we had this comfort advisor conversation this morning and $8 million came up. You know, I've been to the class where the, the $9 million guys. So you hear about a few eight, $9 million kind of guys out there. And so you break it down and you go, wait a minute. Okay. Is this possible? Is this, is this really possible? And it's not um, impossible. You just have to believe. And sometimes when you see someone else has done it, it's easier for you to believe that you can do it. But once that you do it, it seems so simple. Once you do five million, it, it it seems easy. But yet, when you were doing one and a half, you thought five was impossible. That's the same thing with the business and my company. You know, we were doing two hundred and twenty thousand a month, and you know, I set this crazy goal to do six hundred thousand, and everybody looked at me like I was strange. And then, you know, last my last year, we averaged a million a month without a month less than 600,000. So sometimes you have to stretch your mind a little bit. So 8 million, how are you gonna do $8 million as a comfort advisor? I'm sure you're gonna say, well, at my company, it's different. At my company, it can't be done. At my company, we don't have the kind of clientele. All of those are just the BS story you're telling yourself. They're excuses, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, if it were possible, how would you do it? Not, and then then you just build it. You got to do about ten thousand dollar average um, per call on a, you know, three calls a day through the year. Do the math; it works out. Thirty two thousand a day, a day, a day. Yeah, thirty two thousand a day. That's you know, again, three calls a day, about ten thousand. Okay, about ten thousand six hundred, but but still roughly. $32,000 a day. The way equipment prices have gone up, the way this refrigerant change, everything inflation-wise, that's 32000 is It's probably two sales in this yep. day and age. Uh, it could even be one when you do duct systems and, and one-day duct systems for $10,000, $12,000, which happen quite regularly in this business. I know it sounds odd, but it can be done. Uh, Inflation has done that, some of the work for everybody. Yes. So we'll be sitting here at some point talking about how $8 million is not, you know, $5 million is not, not any accomplishment anymore, right? You know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about who are the most protected people from an earnings standpoint in a challenged economy. It's the commissioned salesperson. <laughs> their their income doesn't change i mean it it might change with people not buying as much but i mean you still as a i mean yeah, it's a way better position to be change the economy doesn't change your percentage and you're the most in demand yes i like weldon long's line that says the economy the weather the price of anything does not determine our success just determines how hard we have to work that's a, that's the way you have to look at it. None of those are factors. 
except for determining how hard we have to work. Yeah, if people were waiting in line, like at the gas station for our services, we probably wouldn't have to work quite as hard. Um, you know, waiting in line at a Costco. If you've ever been to Costco and looked over at the gas pumps, I mean, they're, it's crazy. Five or 10 cars deep, five or 10 wide. Wouldn't that be nice if that was people coming at you? Well, and I don't, I don't wait in those lines. I like to drive electric. So even the Hummer electric now. So I love that. Did um, it come in? It did. Yeah. It oh. did. So I should be at the mansion in the Hummer this, this, this year. So <laughs> you've been crab walking into the driveway. <laughs> I, I'm going to try. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have fun with it. So you want to ride in the Hummer, come to the mansion. I would say, put that down, put yes. Hummer down in the, in Thousands the uh, horsepower. Yeah, put that down in the list, and we'll uh, we'll laugh a little bit, but we'll know you want to come to the mansion if you write Hummer down there. So, uh, <laughs> um, so it's got to determine how hard we have to work, not what our income will be. We just might have to work a little harder. And I want to tell you, work harder on yourself. Make yes. your skills hard. Make your skills better. Right? Don't ask that. The I think this is a. Another famous quote, and I'm going to mess it up, but don't ask for it to be easier. Ask that you be better, right? If you're going to ask for something, don't ask for the job or the sale to be easier. Ask for your skills to be stronger and better. That's what you yeah, that's what it, ask for. Don't go ask for more leads. The boss already knows you don't have that he doesn't have the leads. Don't remind him of something. Like, do like what Eric did this morning. We've been talking about this for. Uh, uh, probably of what, six weeks now or so, we've been encouraging the guys to go out and just knock on some doors. Right. And we've told them, listen, if you if you got to get 19 no's for the 20th to be a yes, and you knew that there was $20,000 in revenue sitting behind that door, which ended up converting into some sort of income for you, would you knock on 19 doors and get 19 no's? And the answer was yes. So Eric didn't have any calls to run. He'll, he finished, what, at 2.7 million this year? Yeah, 2.7. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, the year before was 1.4. Year before that was 950. But this guy didn't have any calls. So as a selling uh, selling technician, um, he just started knocking on doors. He got 17 no's, and then the 18th was a yes. She let him in. He ended up finding three cracks in her heat exchanger, and she wants a price on a new heating and air conditioning system. And he'll be doing that quote today. So right. guys, if you knew that, and it doesn't take that long to knock that many doors, probably half an hour, 45 right. minutes, maybe an hour of, of additional work. Is there any training that goes into that for you? Do you get any experience out of that? Does that make you a tougher, more confident and better person? Yes. So Don, if you had to boil it down to one word, I have a question for you. If you had to boil it down to one word, what is the difference between a $1.5 million and a $5 million salesperson? Uh, one word, you know, fortitude. I don't know if that's, a, that's too many syllables for us, but the guts to, to, to try, the guts to go and, and be different from everybody else. So internal fortitude, guts, that's part of it. Yeah, you got to have the skill set. Once you get the skill set, you got to have the guts to go use it. So I, I don't know what's your what's your one word, Gene? Training. Training. Got to have the got to have the skills. I agree. Got to have the skills. Yeah, I mean, between a one point five and a five million dollar salesperson is the real question, right? Because one point five million dollar salesperson slash technician, 
he already has some communication skills, right? He probably hasn't mm-hmm. been taught exactly what to say in every situation like we teach them how to say, but he's, right. he's figured it out to 1.5 million. He's gotten decent, right? You take that guy and you, you really give them training. And then, of course, there's action that they have to take with that training. If they don't take the action, forget about it, right? right. It's never going to work. Right. But if, if you give them that skill set now, the communication side of it, boom, you've changed not only your business, but you've changed the, the trajectory of that human being's life and generations to come, right? So, and do you think they're not going to be grateful to you for teaching them how to go from making 150000 a year or $100,000 a year to four or 500000 a year? Imagine the joy I mean, right. that's where you got a lot of the joy in your in your business, Don. I, I absolutely love to take the guy that everyone else would throw away, have nothing to do with, you know, no skills, and get that guy produced, you know, that might be making twenty, thirty thousand dollars somewhere else and get him to make eighty, ninety, hundred thousand with us. That was fun. That was fun. Now these guys were typically um twenty years old, nineteen years old. Uh, and I love the story today. Twenty-year-old kid making, making nineteen. Nineteen made a hundred and twenty-five last year because he came to the class twice and continued with it. And I, I will tell you, I think the guy hasn't put his hasn't put out his best year. Meaning he's there's so much more for him to to do, learn, and and implement on top of this. So the keep going because there's so much more upside man when i when i see uh, a kid like jonah come in at 19 years old and in this first full year um in the communication side like to for him to make more than both of his parents combined is just like that's what we live for here i mean that's going to change the 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 trajectory of the family tree even Right. Yes. Jonah's going to be able to give this stuff to his kids. And it's not about what you leave for your kids, but it's about what you leave inside of them. Y'all that makes a difference. Yes. So, so training but, and fortitude are the two to, words of the day. Yeah. I, I think you got to have, I got, got to have the skills and you got to be willing to go use them. When you stare someone in the eye and you back down first, then you got to, got to have a little more, a little more fortitude, a little more guts to to actually use it. But what and, and one skill set do I want you to have is ask questions. This one gets missed a lot. Even in the class this morning, I heard guys telling me stuff, telling us stuff instead of asking, were you aware? Did you know? And I just I can't uh, you know, push that enough or sell that enough. There's a big difference when the client comes to their own conclusion that they have an issue versus telling them you have a cracked chamber, heat chambers. It was in that cracked heat chamber conversation that it kind of clicked for me. Telling them that. Were you aware this is an issue? Do you know how serious Yeah, will you do that is? for a heat exchanger for them real quick? Like just kind of let's let's throw some questions around that we would use to establish a need for a cracked heat exchanger. Um and just gonna... for, so everybody can, I can clarify this for everybody. When we say establish a need for it, it means that we're essentially going to sell the problem, but we're going to utilize questions 
to get the client to come to their own conclusion that something needs to be done about this. We're not going to be pushy salespeople, right? right? So we're standing at the furnace, Don, and their cracked heat chambers, and we're able to show them or whatever. Um, what are some of the questions we're going to use? Yeah. Do you know what that is? Were you aware it looked like that? Simple to get started. Do you know what that so, is? Were you aware it looked like this? Let me let me role play it with you then. Okay. So go Just ahead. Like, Do you know what that is? You, you're I'm gonna like, want to uh, see this. Yeah, you're gonna okay. want to see this. Do you know what that is? Uh, it's my furnace. Yeah. Do you see those little little spots and areas right there? Can you yeah. see what those are? Yeah. Were you were you aware that those are not supposed to be there? Mm-mm. Can you can you see that? Um, well, you ought to, I ought to flip it around because you're so much better. <laughs> me on the spot, dude. Make me look bad. All right, let's do it. Let's flip it around then. Okay, uh, Mr. Johnson, uh, check this out right here. Do you see this right here? Do you see these four little tubes right uh -huh. here? Yeah. Do you know what those tubes do? No. Mm -mm. So you weren't aware that that's where the fire shoots into. And it goes up through like this circular chamber here, and then it goes out your exhaust. Do you know that those tubes absorb the heat from the the fire, and that the blower down here blows across that, and that's where you get the heat coming into the house? No, I didn't know that. Do you know the name of these this this device behind here? Do you, were you aware that that's called the heat exchanger? Have you ever heard of that term before? I guess so. Yeah. Got it. So when fire goes into this metal thing, what happens when you heat metal up? It expands. Right? And then when it cools down, what does it do? Well, it contracts again. Got it. And then heats up, cools down, heats up, cools down. Have you ever taken a paper clip and just went like this several times? What eventually happens? It'll break. Mm -hmm. Got it. And also, did you know that if we don't have enough air flowing through this machine, that 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 heat exchanger in there, that firebox, I like to call it, that that metal expands a little bit more than it should and then contracts and then a little more than it should. Do you think that that reduces the life of that metal? Yeah, probably. Any, so. idea, why, any idea why we would be concerned about that metal cracking? Well, you don't want that fire, I guess, to get in your house. Sure, sure. And that's not a very likely situation here, so rest, rest easy about that but did, do you know what some of the byproducts of fire are were you aware that when you have a flame that you also have something called carbon monoxide and did you know that when those cracks get big enough that some of that carbon monoxide can slip into the airstream in your house and while it may not kill you did you know that there are some really negative long-term side effects of breathing in low levels of carbon monoxide over time i know i didn't know that do you know that it can cause um, personality changes? It can cause nerve problems. It can cause sexual side effects. I mean, it's not good. Mm. No, it's not. Um, good. And and in worst case scenario, um, yes, you know what carbon monoxide does when somebody breathes in too much of it, mm. and that that happens. It just does. It happens. So, can you yeah. see now why we've got some concern here? Yes. Yes. What should we do about what are, it? Yeah. What now do about that's, it? that's where it comes in. And they're like, what should we do about this? What, what should I do? What would you do? Um, when they start asking you those types of questions, you know, now you know that they're sold on the problem and they're looking for a solution. This is a multi-step process, people. 
And when you ask the right questions, like we did, it's been decades since I've sold furnaces, right? But that's how you reel a customer in as opposed to pushing on them. When I ask you these questions, you come to your own conclusion that something needs to be done. Here's another little right. tip and secret for you. You ready? Should we give it to him, Don? Go right ahead. All right. When I'm asking you questions instead of telling you something, when I tell you something, you've got something that I like to call the truth-false filter, right? And you run everything you hear through that truth-false filter and decide, is it bullshit or should I keep it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but when I ask you a question as opposed to telling you something, there's almost an enlightenment happening. And most of the time, I go straight around that truth-false filter. The brain doesn't think, should I decide if this is bullshit or keep it, right? right. It accepts it as enlightenment. And there's a little endorphin rush that also happens there, which makes people feel good. Go ahead, Don. Well. If you're hearing, I'm going to get a second opinion about what you told me about my air, my furnace, my ductwork, whatever. This is the problem. People yep. will, will get a second opinion of your opinion all day long. No one ever says, I'm going to get a second opinion about what I think to be true. When it's their own conclusion, they kind of believe, wait, I, I understand what it is. I know what it is. I don't need a second opinion because I know. You know, we jokingly say that no one gets a second opinion of, about what we already believe. We're out there looking for people to support our own opinions, not to contradict them. But but if you tell me something, I'm out to find something that contradicts you. That's our human nature is to contradict what other people say, but to find the things that complement, support what we believe already. So when you're hearing that, the problem is, is that you're telling them rather than getting them come to their own conclusion. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be telling. You should be asking the questions, letting them come to their own conclusions. It's so much more powerful. And you did a great if, job with if, that. If, if, if they were sleeping on us, Don, they would have thought that I was telling, right? Mm -hmm. Because yes. the brain was so, their brain was so easily accepting the questions I was giving. But if they rewind the tape to about the 30 minute mark, They'll find out that every single thing that I said was a question, right? Every was, single one. I was going to say, put comments, how many statements you think he made? And the answer would have been zero. <laughs> there yeah. aren't. They're, they're all questions. Um, um, and guys, it comes off zero. so much softer. It really comes off softer. You guys are telling the client there's a problem, then telling them the solution, and then giving them the price and then expecting them to buy. And if they don't, you want to talk, try talking about value. Okay. <laughs> this is the biggest challenge that I have with the sales training business nowadays is everybody's talking about selling value when clients don't even think that they need it. So you're putting the cart before the horse. You missed a step a long time ago. And if you want to be able to ask questions like I asked them, then you definitely want to put Mansion down in the comments and get right. some information about the next class. Or you want to text me on my cell at 239-848-6533. There it goes right there, there you go. on the screen. Yeah. Seriously, if you want to learn how to ask questions like that, if you're sick and tired of coming up against customers that have gotten get second opinions, they, they need to talk to their significant other, they got to think about it. Or if they're just telling you your price is too high, you're losing millions of dollars a year in sales okay 
you, you've got a marketing budget. If you don't have a sales training budget to go along with your marketing budget, does that make any sense? Does it make any sense? Better closing, better sales training can help you reduce your marketing budget. Because again, if you sell every a high percentage of the calls, twice the amount of income, you're so busy, you won't be looking to how can I, um, we did a lot of $39 tune-ups and I'm, I, you know, I, we've got some guys that do less than that or free tune-up or, and it really doesn't matter. But if you don't have your training system in place, all getting more calls will do will accelerate you losing money, right? Yep, you gotta, exactly. You got to have a process to make money on those calls. We did. And so I was very happy with $39 tune-ups for 10 years, right? And, you know, maybe even 20 years almost, we were $39 tune-ups. But we were okay because we had a process. And that process resulted in equipment sales, breathe easy sales, uh, and maintenance agreements. Uh, that was what we, that's how we focus. Eight years and older, we're going to talk equipment. Whether it's Comfort Advisor coming or a selling tech, that's, that's your business plan. That's okay. Either one works for me. Less eight years down to three years, we talked about breathe easy, ductwork upgrades. We didn't really pick on the equipment. Yeah, we're going to put surge protectors on it. We're going to put easy starts on it. But three to eight. Less than three, we wanted to make sure, did we put it in? And let's not throw our coworker under the bus mentality. Um, and that happens in your business where one guy goes out and says bad stuff about the last guy because he thinks it makes him look better. And it doesn't. When you when you say something bad about another coworker, it brings the whole company down. You look worse at, while they're looking worse. Because now the company's like, or the customer's like, well, if they'll hire that kind of person, I don't know what kind of person you are. So that's how we broke it out. We had a system. And that's kind of the point is get your training, get your system built. Then you can accelerate that. Then you can grow. Yeah, I want to talk to the guys out there that are doing a million, two million, three million dollars a year, right? Who really do want to have that growth. But the competition for the marketed lead has gotten super, super tough, right? Over the last several months. Um, guys, I want to show you how to double the size of your company almost overnight without having even one more call on the board, okay? That's what Don and I are really, really good at. Really good at doubling companies in 60, 90 days that are in that range of size, right? If you go to a $6 million company, you're trying to double that to $12 million in 90 days, there are going to be some serious problems that have to be dealt with, and it's going to take a lot more resources to do that. But if you're doing a million, two million in that range, it's very, very easy to, in 60 days, double the revenue that's coming into your company without running even one more lead. So you want to get to the next event, the mansion event, put mansion down in the comments if that describes who you are. All right. And let's have a conversation. Um, I, we don't bite over here. Okay. You can yeah. tell us, no, it's not a big deal. Okay. Don. If it's a money issue, just have that conversation because uh, if it were free, wouldn't you want to to get all the knowledge that you could? Well, there are some there are some ways and some things that can help out payment issues or whatever. 
if it if it was a, if it's a money issue, put that in the in the text and let's let's have that conversation. Yeah, let's send me that via text. Say say hey, Gene, I really want to go to the next mansion event. I just can't, ain't got all the cash right now, right, yeah, or something cash. like that. And we'll work something out with you. We right. well, we, we don't and I will necessarily say, have to. I've heard it in December is is payrolls. If you're a business owner, payrolls kind of weigh on our minds, and it it might get difficult this this year, this next couple of months, depending on the area of the country. It could be very difficult. Um, I always said for my areas, Alabama, January and February, the toughest two months. Sometimes we just celebrated March first, not because we had a great January and February, because that damn month was over. <laughs> so, um, you know, so we understand there's excuse, there's reasons, but if, if it were free, wouldn't you want to have all the knowledge that you can, that Gene has, uh, and, a, and a source to go to, to ask questions. That's, that's, uh, that's both of us. So, um, I know we're coming close to our time today. We kind of committed yep. to doing this a couple times a, a week. We'll be back later. Um, but if you, if you're uh, live, put live in there. And if you're doing, if you hear, see this on replay, put replay down in the comments so we'll know. Um, and from from there, just ask your questions, and you've got the phone number. Text, uh, you can text, and we can have that conversation. Yeah, guys, putting live or replay down in the comments is kind of the way that you you pay the fee for us getting on here and kind of just pouring out as many nuggets for you as we possibly can, plus guest speakers that we bring on. So. It's, that's all it is. Plus, every time that you put live or replay in the comments, it'll show this video to a couple of your friends, and that's how we get new people into the following. So that's why we ask you to do that. So we appreciate you for paying the fee and doing that and not just consuming the, the content and being a kangaroo. You know what a kangaroo is, right, Don? No. What, what is no, that? No, as a customer. So kangaroos are the the customers whose arms are – just long enough to take all your free shit and shove it in their pouch, right? But <laughs> but, but they can't get around to their wallet. That's a kangaroo. <laughs> they can't hand anything back, can they? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So that's if you know, if you know some kangaroos, put kangaroo down in the comments, right? If you're <laughs> if you're a kangaroo, put I'm a kangaroo down in the comments. I, I know some of you are watching. Some of you kangaroos ah. out there. <laughs> we'll see Stop you on uh, Thursday, y'all. Thanks, Don, for joining us. Go out and, there and slay some dragons, ninjas. Peace. Peace.